Hello, everyone out there in podcast world. I hope you're having a great day. You're listening to the Service Business Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Tersh Blissett. This podcast is focused on service business owners, managers, and technicians who are considering becoming business owners themselves. My goal with this podcast is to ask the unasked questions and help you navigate your way through growing, starting, and uh, implementing processes and procedures that will help you grow your business. Today's episode is a special treat. I was able to get one of my mentors and a coach to come on this episode and share a little bit about him, his partner, and how he got started in the industry. This episode is going to run a little bit long, but you'll understand as you listen, uh, we could have talked for hours longer. Uh, There's a lot of questions that I want to share with you. Uh, I know the answers to because I've asked them personally, um, and he's he's a great guy and, and would be more than happy to share it with you also. So I'll have to have him back on the podcast again soon. With all that being said, I'd like to go ahead and get started with this episode with Mike Aguilero, the CEO of Warrior. One quick note I'd like to add before we get started. Uh, if you have sensitive ears, i.e. little kids around, this episode's going to be earmuffs episode. So just an FYI, Mike has calmed it down, but he gets extremely passionate is the best way to say it. And uh, when passion comes out, things get a little colorful. So I just wanted to warn you that before you start listening to this episode. Hey, Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, what's happening, Tersh? Not a whole lot. So uh, you and I will be together next week uh, for an event that's really exciting. Uh, for the listening audience that do not know who you are, have they, they live under a rock and they've never seen anything. Uh, they're not on Facebook because if they were on Facebook, they would have heard of you. Um, LinkedIn, yeah. uh, Instagram, everywhere. <laughs> but tell, tell the audience who you are and um, a little bit about your history, your background, and, and why you are an expert in the industry. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so look, I'm Mike Agliero and first and, and foremost, I would let you know one of the things that you should know about me that I'm definitely proudest about is that I've been with my beautiful goddess uh, wife, Jennifer, since we're 15 years old. And the reason I say that before I share my expertise and things that I've done is I think uh, today people can build a business, but Um, They forget about maybe their relationship and what's most important. And I also have an incredibly strong son who's 20 years old. He's a martial arts expert. So if anybody out there, shameless plug, and you're in New Jersey or you're looking for someone to teach you how to protect yourself, he's he's amazing at it. And I have a 17-year-old daughter that is part part enlightening for me to have a daughter that's 17, part scary, And also part exciting because she is just uh, yoga certified at 17. She's an artist and I have no doubt she'll change the world. Um, Some of my other stuff that normally, you know, people are like, what? I never knew that. I am a tattoo artist. So if you ever see me, I'm probably like that rare unicorn out in the world of um, probably not fitting the paradigm, Tersh, of what people think most most wealthy experts should look like. They should have a suit, they should have a tie, they should say these things. Uh, my, my wife always says, you're kind of like a purple unicorn. We know they exist, we've never uh, saw one before. And uh, I'm a martial artist. So any martial artist that listen uh, to this, well, if you're not a martial artist, you should become one. And if you are, good job, keep training. 
And I'm doing that for over 34 years and even built my own system. And, and what all this adds up to is what I'm going to share now for all of you is my business experience. And I'd love to tell you the knight in shining armor story first, because most people, they like to hear that. But let me tell you the bad part first, right? The 10 to 12 years of starting a service uh, business. I'm an electrician by trade. I graduated a vocational school in 1988. That still was borderline where you had to fight to survive and vocational school was for all the misfits. So there's like uh, two roads. Uh, the left road was you're definitely college material. The right road, uh, hell no to college. You go to vocational school. Let's hope you could fix something, which then I became attracted terse to electrical industry. And most people say, you know, like, how do you, you went through uh, the HVAC uh, and I did carpentry and welding. They run you through modules. They said, you know, why'd you pick electrical? And I got to tell you, being on my own since 15 years old, and that's a different story for a different day. I liked electrical because I figured if there was anything that could kill me, it would be that. I mean, it was danger. <laughs> yeah. It was danger that attracted me to that industry. And I was thrilled. And uh, I think the one instructor said, look, if you know, you don't fear electric, you respect it. But if you get caught by it, it could kill you. And I was 15 years old on my own. I'm like, man, I'm, I think I'm partially indestructible. Let's see something uh, kill me, probably my own ego back then. But then I started a business because I learned very early, Tersh, very early that I'm a bad employee. I'm not a good employee, <laughs> not because I don't want to work hard. Yeah. I just think, uh, I just think everybody can do everything a better way. Cause I would watch my boss running around like a nut job and yell at us. And then my paychecks wouldn't clear. And, and I would say, why are we doing it this way? And go, oh, I've been in the industry for 25 years, kid. And eventually I just got tired of that and ended up where uh, my business partner today, Rob Zadati, brilliant guy. Uh, we've been together over 30 years as business partners. He said to me, he goes, stop, just go on your own business. And I said, oh, okay, you quit your job and we'll do it together. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking <laughs> easy peasy, right? Well, I'm going to tell you it was pretty easy on one part because I learned the harder you work, the more money you make. But there's, there's a section in that that kind of gets old quick, you know, up to five years, you're young. I'm in my early 20s. We're tearing the world on fire. Nothing could stop us. Then all of a sudden, you're going to start having babies you're going to start getting married and you're starting. And I remember uh, like literally my wife is having my son and leaving a job. I'm sure like a lot of listeners and running, maybe not, but for me, I, I got chills as I talk about this running to the hospital. Cause my wife's like, we got to go now and getting there. And, and like, here comes the, here comes the baby. And the next thing you know, I'm a dad and I'm crying there with my mm -hmm. wife and it's such a beautiful <laughs> thing. And, and reality hits, reality hits you that, holy crap, I'm going to be like my dad. I'm never going to be around. I'm going to work really hard and I respect and love my dad. He's the hardest working man in the world, but I'm never going to be there. I'm going to miss everything. And Tersh, and I hope this is uh, good for the, yeah. the listeners because sometimes you got to hear the shift and maybe you're dealing with this now or, or maybe you miss time and now maybe it's time for the grandchildren, wherever you're at. And I remember going home that night and, um, and building one of these gliders, uh, you know, because my wife's going to breastfeed and all this uh -huh. stuff and building it and sitting, my wife's in the hospital and just breaking down crying saying, oh my goodness, this is what life is. This yeah. is what I'm going to do. 
I'm going to be a bad dad. And any of you dads out there, and I'm not here to upset you if you haven't been a good dad, I'm here to give you hope that you could always change. And those of you that are not dads yet, let you know, like, you know, you got to figure stuff out. So 12 years business, we're doing it all wrong. We don't understand marketing, sales, operational leadership. All I know is find a customer with a need, sell them some stuff. That's my world, baby. <laughs> find someone who's got a problem, sell them a solution and then go back and do it again. But I don't know about a lot of the listeners. What I found out in the beginning for us is we were, we were everything. We were construction, we were commercial, we were time and material. And I got to tell you, son, Tersh, a lot of people in the world today on Facebook groups and all this is, oh, you don't want to do construction. Well, let me tell you something. I made a lot of money in construction, tons of money. I did 10,000 square foot homes. I did Wendy's, TGI Fridays, a sleepies, big and tall stores, a million dollar industrial plant. I made buku money. So you say, well, why, why'd you move out of commercial? Well, I only yeah. moved out because people came in and started doing it so much damn cheaper. Right, right. But if people didn't come in and lower that, we were the best in the world at doing this stuff. Mm. But fatigue set in and after 12 years, uh, and I don't know about the listeners or who has a partner or might be your yeah. wife. After 12 years, my partner came in and he says, I'm done. And I, I thought he was going home in the morning. I thought he had a case of craps. Yeah. That's what I thought. Right. I said, you're done. Oh, I'll see you tomorrow. He's like, no, I'm done. I'm out. I'm burnt out. My body's beat up. Now I get it. A lot of men and women, I'm sure, have worked really hard. Mm-hmm. But, but when I tell you about working hard, Tersh, most people think I'm full of crap, but uh, I'm going to tell you I'm not. Right. We worked. We worked one time seven days a week for six months. Now, some of you are like, no, 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 I'm not kidding. Because you know what? Here's one thing we told our guys, Tersh, we told our guys, we said, um, hey, we're gonna take on all these jobs and how much overtime you want, you know? As much (laughs) overtime as you can give me. Give me as much overtime. Well, that's fun for two weeks. (laughs) And next thing you know, me and Rob, we're wiring a big and tall store (laughs) in Newark at two in the morning Mm -hmm. with damn walking dead zombies. If you don't know Newark, it's probably one of the worst areas in the world. Tell us about this. Tell us about the van, the van story with the the door. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. So (laughs) this place is so bad that we had to pull the van up to block the doors, to block the doors into the store that we're doing. And we're literally wiring up the, the, uh, the countertops. And all of a sudden Rob's yelling me, Mike, come here. He's wiring something. He's like, come here, Mike, come here. And I know that sound, that sound is like, <laughs> what the hell am I going to see? And I walk over and look, I feel bad for these people, but there's clearly heroin crack addict. Right, so she's right. in a bad place. She's shaking and she's like, you got a cigarette, you got a cigarette. And I'm like, I got a cigarette. It's two in the morning. I don't even want to be here. We're killing ourselves. And I had to take her and I found she crawled under the van to get in. So I had to walk her and shove her ass under the van. I'm like, you got to go back to the street and push her under. And Tersh, people don't know how bad this is. This is so bad that um, we would go to the dumpster to throw stuff in and somebody would be yelling, Hey, Hey, I'm sleeping in here. And I go, Oh, oh my goodness, they could die. Yeah. And they would, they would crap inside the dumpster. Oh, so I'm sure a lot of people listening, you could relate to these stories, yeah. but you know, my partner said he's gone. I'm out and I get it. You know, you could, the human body can only take so long, mm-hmm. so much, so long sometimes. And I turned around and I said, okay, we took a couple of days, but you know, now being 49 years old, 
you know, time is warped, right? Right, right? That back then seemed like a minute, I'm sure were days and vice versa. And a couple of days later, we came back together and I said this, I said to him, I said, Rob, look, if you're out, I'm out, baby. We're partners. Yeah. And there was just, you see a lot of questions about partnerships today. It was just, yeah, we in just seen one the day or media. yeah. Yeah. And, and everybody dislikes my view because my view changes their paradigm and change is confusing for people because they're like, I never heard that like that. All I know is my experience. And I, I like to always come terse, as you know, from a world of not my experience, but asking good questions. Yeah. And I told my partner, I said, well, if you're out, I'm out. And he goes, no, you should keep doing it. I said, what about this? What about we just don't know what we're doing and, and we drop our ego and just let's face this. Mm-hmm. We have never been trained in vocational school or the trades on how to understand marketing, how to understand sales, how to understand operation, how to understand to hire, how to terminate, how to create a culture, how to, how to monitor money and manage and scorecards and keep that like, let's just face, no one taught us this, but what if, there's somebody that knows. Mm. And before you know it, we went on a quest. We found one guy who's pretty good. He helped us. We made a little bit of money, but you know, coaches are a dime a dozen, mm-hmm. but most of them are trying to share from lack of experience. And, uh, and I don't say this to brag. So please, everybody that's listening, do not take this as bragging. I'm doing it to make a point. I'm not proud yeah. about it, but I've paid, I spent now over two million dollars in my own education over the last 14 years. Mm-hmm. And I could prove it. Anybody that wants to call shit on anything I say here, mm-hmm. call me out on public, bring me on TV, then I'll show you proof. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not proud of that because I wish that I had one source to go to mm-hmm. that been through the war and could tell me do this and do that. But I didn't, I found one person that knew about marketing and one person that knew about sales. And, and then I was in an organization that was filled with sheep. They were, they were all trying to humor each other, but nobody was supporting each other. Nobody was helping each other. Nobody was pushing each other. And they kept Tersh, uh, some of these things, organizations I was in back then, they kept putting the one golden goose egg on the stage. Right, yeah. Look at him. Mm-hmm. He's 50 million, 90 million. I said, I don't want to look at him. I want you to look at me. Right, right. Look at me. I'm struggling. I'm not winning. I'm hurting. And you keep shoving the winner mm-hmm. in my face. <laughs> like, don't shove the winner in my face. Make me feel like Show crap. Me why I'm losing, right? Right, yep. So fast forward, boom, 10 years. Um, in our last 10 years of being in business, we went from under a million dollars mm-hmm. under a million to 32 million. And we had 165 uh, amazing service trucks and 200 of the best employees in the entire world. I tell people that if you wanted to know my employees, um, they were so loyal and I was loyal fighting for their livelihood every day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I was acquired by a $40 billion company. I did not sell because I had to, Um, I loved my company. It ran by itself for the last five years. We were 32 million double digit profit. It was a beautiful life, but there was a time where I was growing and probably why Tersh and I came together, CEO warrior, where I knew I was hitting my legacy stage early. Mm -hmm. And I kept, I kept going to these organization meetings and, and I was growing and my friends in the same organization were starving. They kept saying, why? And I said, well, you're not, you're, you're not listening and you're only getting, you're in one box. Mm. That's what I would say, Tersh, you see today in this industry is so many people 
They're in one box and they refuse to look out of the box. But I was studying Zappos, Amazon, Walmart, Target, uh, Costco. I was looking with a bigger perspective. So there's my uh, success. I'm very happy now. We now work with CEO Warrior. We work with well over probably 230, 250 companies all over the United States, Australia, Canada. And what I would believe is we bleed as much as we can Mm -hmm. for our clients to make sure that they don't have to go through the pain uh, that we went through. So I, I hope that's helpful for everybody to have a little bit of understanding and the rest of the stuff of writing books. That's all just great <laughs> stuff for you, for you. Yeah. And I can attest firsthand, like I've been to the events and, uh, if you do follow Mike and you follow me on social media, you've seen my post, uh, from when I'm at the events and, uh, it's, it's, Believe it or not, both Mike and I are both extreme introverts, and uh, <laughs> to see both of us um, getting up and getting just super rowdy, it's it's an infectious atmosphere, and it's not just at the events that 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 takes place. So, uh, from me to you, you know, thank you for everything w- with that, uh, and I guess I, I want to go into. Um, one of the things that you mentioned uh, was talking about the, your children and growing up without without uh, seeing them yeah. or the potential to grow up without seeing them. Um, tell me one of the things that you did. I know you've mentioned before, um, like sometimes you just have to do uh, work no matter what. Like you have your kids, but there's things that you can do um, that will like your, your kids don't have to stay at home. Your family doesn't have to stay at home while you're doing things. So tell me a little bit about what you did when, when your kids were growing up. Yeah. So, you know, I think a lot of people, they feel like they have this split world and I'll talk to men, but please women don't get yeah. all frazzled over me, but I'm a man. So I got to talk from a man's perspective. If you want a more woman's perspective, find my wife on social media. She's been with me forever. But here's what I learned. Um, You know, my dad did do something. I mean, I was carrying bricks and mixing cement at eight years old because my dad would say on the weekend, come with me to the job. Mm -hmm. And I used to love to go to the job with my dad. Now, I missed him all week long. And if he did, if it was a safe enough job for an eight-year-old or whatever Mm -hmm. age I was then to go to. And what I found out was like, when I, even when uh, we got our building where we were running the business out of Terse, we had a separate little area with a couch and a TV and a table with crayons. And if my wife had to do something, I would say, just drop off the kids here. Mm-hmm. And I can remember, I got chills as I talk about this so many days. I'm like, come on, son, um, watch me. We're going to have a meeting. Just sit there. And I'd give them a pad and say, just see what you see. And I would have a meeting negotiating a hundred thousand dollar deal. I would tell the people, if you don't mind, my son is just going to be over here learning. Mm-hmm. And and then after I go, uh, my son's a piece of work. I say, what do you think? I don't trust him, dad. I don't <laughs> trust him. <laughs> and I would say, okay, son, tell me about that. And so like I would include them. And even when I was, when I was younger and we were rough in houses and it's, man, we used to rough houses, uh, 11 o'clock at night. Like I'm sure some of you quartz lights, mm-hmm. sweating, you're in damn shorts. Uh, you're just trying to survive. And my wife would bring, I got, man, so many chills on that. I've never had so many, uh, chills on a, 
doing something like this because I'm having so many go back in time and bring my beautiful children and walk them in. And we would sit on a pail and, and my wife would make sandwiches and, you know, I would eat with my kids and my kids were in awe of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. This is what daddy does, mm-hmm. you know? And then they would kiss me and I said, I'll be home later tonight. And it, home later is 11 right. or 12 o'clock. But, you know, uh, sometimes they wake up in the middle of the night and I tell my wife, I'll, I'll, I'll go get them. I'll go take care of things, you know? Right. And they would say, daddy, how was your day? And I said, it was good. Did you get the job done? And, and this is priceless. And if you see a lot of my pictures on social media, you'll see me always in, in my branded logo shirt back then, gold medal electric. And my son is on my lap and my daughter, I'm holding her and I'm placing orders <laughs> on the phone. And what I learned was it was a world now I didn't, I knew what I was doing. Like I wanted them included Tersh, but I didn't know the positive effects. If you have the great gift of meeting my children, you know, my son has had his own business since he's 16. He's been teaching martial arts and stuff. Now he's 20 and he teaches private instruction and he's uh, does all this stuff like, and, he, and he's 20 running his own business. My and daughter has a book. What's that? And he has a book. Yeah. And he's an author of a book. <laughs> yeah. And so like when you look at when you involve your children and you, you share the good and you share the frustration, oh, I was frustrated, this tool broke and you ask your kids, how would you handle it? You find out sometimes your kids are your greatest teachers, right. your kids are your greatest uh, teachers. So for some of you, stop keeping your children out of your world and invite them in. Let them come and see a job. Let them, uh, and I get it. Like sometimes they're going to throw the crayon and they're going to want to go do something. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think in this world today with social media, there's too many kids being shoved Mm -hmm. in, in front of a damn iPad or iPhone. Like, and it was big for me. I remember going in the backyard and, and telling my son, come on, we're going to Home Depot. We're going to go buy some sacrete and get a pail because I was making this punching thing for martial arts. And I'd have them young kid out there mm-hmm. mixing the cement. And you find out the kids don't want to do all this digital stuff. Right. They don't know what else to do. Right. They don't know what else to do. And it's our job. And I'm going to talk to the men again. It's our job as strong men in this industry. This is what, okay, I'm going to go on a little ramp. Permission? Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do okay. it. <laughs> this is what pisses me off about all these people talking about this millennial shit. Mm -hmm. First off, they're the smartest in the world. Mm -hmm. Smartest. Why? Because most of you listen to this, you had a damn encyclopedia (laughs) that when you opened it, you were snorting dust. And your dad was so proud, he used to wax the damn, there's mine. So I remember people coming to my house as a kid, my dad said, come and and see this bookshelf. This is our encyclopedia, right? Like that was the shelf of wisdom and knowledge. Mm And we're all upset over these millennials when it was everyone on here, including myself's job to make sure they grow up to be men. And you're upset they're not men and you want to blame, point the world. (laughs) Well, I always say before you point at someone else, you better point that damn finger at yourself and say, what part did you play? My son, well... Tersh knows. Well, Tersh had a beard. His beard grows lightning fast. I had yeah. a beard. I beat the bitch off. But my son's got a long beard. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't love, I think there might be birds living in that bitch or something. But <laughs> the fact is, he's a man. He's yeah. 20 years old and he's a man. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm proud about that. And I made sure I talked to him that way and educate him that way. And 
And I can't say I love all the things. Sometimes he too plays the damn whatever that video game is. Mm -hmm. But I make sure he understands what's going to move him forward. And and I see people trying to blame these millennials. I love the millennials, but what you got to do, because I had so many work for me, Tersh. Mm -hmm. So many. And I say, look, let me just share with you. I don't know what your world's been like, but let me share what your world's going to be like here. And it's probably something you don't expect, but it's going to be something you're addicted to and you're going to love. Because I'm going to make you into a warrior here. Here, we work long, we work late, and when it's hot, you sweat, and when it's cold, you think warm thoughts. Right. That's the fact. That's what we did here at Goldmel, and that's why, you know, the 200 employees I have, I mean, there's some still there now, 16 years later, mm-hmm. that started with me at 18 years old, and, and, and they used to tell me, like, man, it's just... You're like, you were like a second father to me, the way you talked to me. You didn't let me get away with stuff. You were hard on me and you pushed me. Um, so I hope that's worth value because every time you complain about something, you're acting like you're not in charge of, you're part of the problem, mm-hmm. not part of the damn solution. Yeah, you know, I agree. So that, that leads us to a great question. Um, what would you say if you had this uh, one employee that comes in uh, late every single day? Yeah. So I've had this. Well, you guys got to imagine if I had 200 employees, how many did I go through? I mean, I've been, I don't know. I don't know the exact count, but it's probably, that's why it's funny when people tell me, oh, there's not enough employees. I'm like, man, I'm pretty sure I've been through a thousand. So I'm pretty sure there's plenty left. Here's what I started to think about, Tersh. This guy, Sergi, he's late all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is late. My team, they want to get rid of him, fire him. I said, look, how do you get a, a better answer? You ask a better question. Let's just sit with Sergi and let me ask him a question. Cause I understand that life has no book. Mm. There's no perfect book on how to be married, how to be a dad, how to be a mom, uh, how to start a business. There's no perfect book, how to talk to your late employees. So I, I took Sergi in with one of my managers, it might've been one or two. I don't remember. And I said, Sergi, you're late again. I'm not mad. I want to understand what is going on in your life to do this. And he says, look, my wife works at night and I got to take care of the kids and I'm exhausted in the morning. I can't even physically get up. I said, why did you tell me this? Now I look over at my manager's (laughs) nurse. You know, you're yelling about this guy for three months. Most people in the service industry, what would they do? You're fired. Why did you first understand people's life a little bit, people's life a little bit? And I said, well, what time could you come in? He said, man, if I could come in at 10 o'clock, I would be fresh. I would be ready to go. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm open to thinking about this. And I said, well, what time would you work to? He goes, I'll work till I'm done. I'll work till I'm done. Nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. I said, okay, but how long? Every day that I'm in, I will come in at 10. I'll work till it's done. I'll take the late calls nobody wants. And I said, cool. How about we try this? Let's try it for 30 days and let's see how it works. Well, wouldn't you know, it worked brilliantly mm-hmm. because you know that, that kind of, maybe it's the service witching hour, the five o'clock mm-hmm. where all, you know, these men seem like they're going to turn into a pumpkin and shit. <laughs> um, well, Sergi doesn't turn into a pumpkin. Right. Sergi turns into a warrior after five o'clock. And I'm like, sometimes I text him, dude, how's night going? He's like, oh, it's nine o'clock. I'm starting to service change. I'm like, what? <laughs> he goes, don't worry about it. I'm so full of energy. And he's there now chills again. Uh, he's there now, I think 16 years. Wow. And you could have fired him. 
I could have fired him. And this guy consistently, now he became a, a multi-trade because we were believers in creating what we called super techs. So he did plumbing, some HVAC and a lot of electrical. Mm-hmm. And he probably produced uh, maybe 500,000 a year for us. So if you look at 16 years mm-hmm. of just 300,000 a year for 16 years, yeah. that's what somebody's giving up every day because they don't want to have a different conversation and think about it a little bit differently, a you little can, bit differently. And you can yeah. also, it, it changes the dynamic of your business in, a, in another way that you're, you're able to, if you want to go this route, you could offer an after hours um, time frame at a normal rate. Yeah, so. we didn't charge, uh, we had an after hour rate after 7 p.m. Okay. if they but everything up to 7 p.m. was regular. Uh, we didn't, well, we never had a separate price book for, you know, after hours. It was just our service fee of what we charged was different after 7 p.m. But otherwise, and he loved that because we gave our guys a little spiff after, if it was booked as an after seven, we gave him a spiff. So he was capitalizing. Before you know it, Sergi's no longer driving in in an old beat up car. He's happy. He's working late. Our other employees are thrilled. They want to bow to Sergi because they're going home to their wife. They're like, give it to Sergi. He loves it. Yeah. Next thing you know, he's pulling in in a brand new uh, little truck. Mm-hmm. He's smiling. Life is good, you know? Yeah, that's really cool. So yeah. about the multi-trade thing, it, I noticed that, uh, and, and I mean, I know this because you and I have a relationship now since um, joining, I've joined CEO Warrior. Um for the listening audience and people that follow you on uh, social media, yeah. what um, it's it, it comes across as a lot of people rebrand once they've joined CEO Warrior. Yeah, and what is that reasoning for? Like, because you have a special talent uh, that is not necessarily fully appreciated unless you have joined or have been involved with CEO Warrior. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that talent look. Um, we have uh, CEO Warrior is a training and implementation organization. Yeah. And I share as much to the public world as I can. But then again, there's the inner circle of, of clients like you, Tersh, that we serve. And, you know, the thing that people, oh, man, I just took a picture of it today, Tersh, a guy's truck that everybody online is like, oh, great job. And I'm going, <laughs> oh, my goodness, how did you even come up with this idea. And I found out that people, when they build their truck, it's what they think they like, Mm -hmm. but it's not what they, they're not putting their customers glasses on. And if you're, because you see people, they build a van, it almost looks like the A team. They're like, oh man, look at my van. I love it. And I'm like, okay, but does your customer love it? Right. Does the market love it? Mm-hmm. And there is a very strategic approach. And, and I say this, and this will probably ruffle some feathers, but whatever, send me some hate mail later. I'm fine with it. Um, people go out and they wrap a van or they hire these companies mm-hmm. to do, uh, build the design and build a logo. And I said, okay, well, if any company or you wrapped your truck and designed it and you did not understand what we would call your customer avatar, what they like, how they think, uh, what colors attract them. Are they, are they lower class, lower, middle, middle class, middle, upper affluent, you know, all this makes a decision in the design process. The next thing is you're competing. You know, if you go back 15, 15 years ago, Mm -hmm. Tersh, maybe even 20, 
if you just had a decal that said Joe's plumbing on it, it was, it was a big deal on a white band. But technology came in. Yeah. The ability for 3M wrapping on a truck came in. And even five years ago, still no big deal. But today, where everybody can plaster and make their truck look like a, a bubblegum machine, yep. now it's confusing. Now, they used to say your business uh, needed to see somebody eight times before they'd make a decision. I don't know the new stat, but let's just call it 28 times. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because everywhere you turn, mm. there's another image. Coca-Cola market's different. Apple market's different. Everybody, you're constantly, your phone is giving you thousands of marketing impressions a day. So there's a process. You got to understand your customer. Is it the one you want? You got to understand your market. What is it filled with? And my theory I always said was the way to stick out, the way to stick out in the market. And what you want to do is I always called it become the black ball in a sea of yellow. Mm -hmm. Because if you fill a football field with all yellow balls and you answer it out loud, whoever's listening to this, and you look out there, what do you see? Come on, answer it. You see yellow. You see yellow. Mm -hmm. But if I took one big black ball and I threw it in the middle of this yellow field, you wouldn't see yellow. You would see the black ball. And when you're building a logo, a design, a wrap, and I don't care, we're in 21 different industries now. Mm -hmm. And I've even helped, I got a spa company. I've helped grow the last four years, a a dog boarding school. Um, But when you look at it from a strategic perspective of what do I want this to do? Who do I want this to attract? What, and this is the part, look, thing about marketing that most people don't know, Tersh, is this, and I'm going to sum it up for everybody. I'm going to give you a gift to have you think different forever. Marketing is one thing. Emotionally moving people from where they're at to where you want them to go. So if you took, and and most people don't get this strategic, but I'm kind of a mad scientist. And by now you probably know I'm a freak of nature, (laughs) but like I would take a wrap that I built a design and I would show it to people and not say, what do you think? I would say, what do you feel? Mm. I just gave you something that, that less than probably point something percent of the marketers in the world know and challenge me to it because I know you've never heard it. None of you listening never heard that before. Mm-hmm. But you take your marketing piece, whatever it is, and you say to, you know, you take a little panel. It could be your mom. Your aunt. I always use my neighbor. I said, look, take this out. Oh, it's nice. No, tell me, how do you feel? Mm. Well, I'm feeling a little confused. <laughs> there, you go. there we go. Mm-hmm. That's why I used to tell people, you want your truck to look good standing still or at 50 miles an hour? Because I don't know how much it's going to stand still. Hopefully not. And if it goes 50 miles an hour, which is another thing. Now, look, I did it wrong, everybody. I did it wrong. I've had four different designs in my career. I had the white van, and I thought I was brilliant. I messed that one up. I had the other brown van, and I messed that one up. Mm -hmm. Then I went to yellow and black, which was good because I figured yellow and black – Uh, God designed a bumblebee. So you see that bitch coming. So I figured I didn't do wrong there. And and my wife was the one that said, look, you should think about yellow because it's first color I sees, but it's also the first color that will, will make you go insane. if you stare at it too much because colors hold emotions. And then we got our last one, which was just an evolution, just like Coca-Cola every five, eight years or Apple, they have an evolution. So there's so much more to think about, when doing this. And if you don't have an expert and it's, I just worked on, I just finished three logos, uh, three logos for three guys. Now we got to go in the truck design. 
And, you know, most people are charging 8,000, 10,000, 15,000. It's one of the things we do within Warrior. But I got to tell you, it's daunting because I try to have some of my team help, but they don't have, they don't have the level of experience. And you got to, everybody listening, you got to remember one thing. Not only do I have the marketing skill, like I'm a tattoo artist, right? I'm an airbrush artist. I've been doing art for a lot of my life. So I have that dynamic and I'm also a strategic business builder. Mm-hmm. So I understand what is the chance, like what is the way to go out and implode a market so that they never, cause I always said gold medal was a stealth bomber. By time you, you saw us, it was too damn late because yeah. you were like, where did they <laughs> come just from. come from? <laughs> right. And so uh, I hope that's super helpful to listeners. I wish I had this talk yeah. uh, 15, 18 years ago, cause it would have saved me a lot of money and wrapping wrong. And it's one of the, also the toughest things for me to break to somebody, Tersh. And, and oh, yeah. for those of you that know me or know a little bit about me, I don't have much of a filter. <laughs> um, my wife says everything that comes to your mind shouldn't come out your mouth. But when I look at somebody's truck and they're new in my world as a warrior or a client, I go, oh man, okay, look, good news <laughs> and bad news. Uh, bad news, you're gonna, you're gonna have to spend some money. Good news, and I'm going to say this, hopefully it doesn't come across as ego, but truth, I'm the best in the world at marketing there is. But hands down, I hang around the greatest marketers, Jay Abraham, Dean Jackson, and I'm a guy that they stand right alongside me as we talk to people about strategic marketing. So if you're one of those people struggling, like before you wrap another, and we just had a client do it, Tersh, I'm like, oh my God, one of our clients, we're working on the logo. He's, he's impatient. He don't want to wait. He does it. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, it's horrible. It's yeah. garbage. We got it. Now we finished the logo and he's like, oh man, I love this. And I'm like, yeah, like you can't rush the process of greatness, you know? So what do you think about uh, reflective lettering? On the bands? I love reflective lettering, mm-hmm. but strategic reflective lettering. Okay. Now, if you don't run after hours calls and park all your trucks at your shop, reflective lettering is a complete waste of time. And for those of you listening that don't know what reflective is, reflective is like if you drive by an ambulance and the lights hit it and it kind of glows off, almost looks like it's lit, like LED lighting. That's what reflective is. And you could build that into your design of your truck. You don't need to wrap your whole truck deflective. People will be crashing into you, you know, <laughs> driving in ravines and stuff. Yeah. But what you can do is be selective of what is reflective. So when someone's driving, now I think a part that most people don't talk about, uh, Tersh, is yes, it helps be seen. Uh, two, if your guys take your trucks home, which they probably should, um, when people are in neighborhoods, they see it. And three, it actually protects your truck because people see your truck. So it eliminates um, accidents because, and most people don't talk about that because they just don't know. I mean, when you, when you have 165 trucks, you have pretty much experienced everything. I've had trucks actually get hit by an army tractor trailer and smashed into the New Jersey Turnpike wall. Never seen that one coming. I've had a brand new Sprinter roll seven times down Route 18. We hit with our box trucks the same bridge six or seven damn times where I couldn't, I finally was like, oh, we hit the bridge again? Awesome, like they should have put our company name on that bridge. We had to put stickers in every truck, have people sign off, watch them like if uh, the GPS system, if it went in that county where the bridge was, like a flare would shoot in the sky because like, oh my God, how many times can you try to repair 
you know, this plexi, whatever fiberglass material mm-hmm. of a hackney truck. You know, it's not like fixing a fender, man. A hackney truck, this, this shit costs a fortune oh, yeah. to fix it. So look, I'm not talking out of turn uh, here. I'm telling you from experience, but investing in your truck. The other thing is this, Tersh, a lot of people, I just said it the other day to a bunch of words. I said, look, you got to understand a guy like me, like we're growing so fast. We did, we did a $6.5 million year. We did a $3.5 million month. We bought 22 sprinters in one year, 22. Now I'm not saying to brag, I'm saying it to make a point. We were growing so fast. Most people are like, I got to get a truck and I got to wrap it to get a road. I'm like, I rented rider trucks one time, rider trucks. I called the dealer and said, the, uh, the guys that rent, rent trucks, mm-hmm. uh, it was rider. And I said, look, there's going to be times I'm going to need trucks. Can you always have some here? We worked out a deal. They would pull up the rider truck, throw a magnet on it, throw bins in the back and baby, we're selling business. He had a customer. What did you tell the customer? Hey, you know, we're growing so fast serving so many customers. I hope you don't mind, but we yeah. actually had to use this truck, but I got everything you need inside and you got me today. Nobody said, uh, you pulled up in a truck you rented. Uh, you look uh, bad. Nobody ever said that to me, Tersh, ever. And, and some people, they don't think, like, I got to tell you something. We were so busy one time, so busy. I don't remember what year it was, maybe five, seven years ago. And I hate when it gets really hot the day before Memorial Day or any holiday. Like, oh, yeah. oh my God, this is the worst thing you could wish for because now your holidays, uh, you're trying to survive. We got so many calls, so many, I mean, hundreds of calls a minute coming in. The whole team's overwhelmed. My, I had a third business partner. He wasn't with us. We bought him out after years. I said to him, you know how to fix condensers? He goes, yes, I know electrical. What do we need? He says, Wait, look, let's bring some uh, starters, some capacitors, a little bit of wire, disconnect. I said, good, throw it in your, and they still have that truck there. I've never seen a diesel Dodge truck drive. It's gotta be 25 years, this diesel's still going. I just saw it the other day. He threw that a bit of that stuff, my tool bag, stack of invoices. Maybe we went out there. We probably produced, I don't know, six, eight, 10 grand. I was helping dispatch and run it. You do whatever, you do whatever it takes. And the moral of the story was, I would have did that out of the Subaru Outback I used to drive. Mm -hmm. So all these guys that are so worried about wrapping one before they go and having the perfect bins in place. You know what? There's something to be said, better done than perfect. Yeah. That has made me a very wealthy man, better done than perfect, because you could always course correct, but I'm sure a lot of people on here are perfectionists, and how do you know? They're probably still waiting to buy the one damn thing that's sitting in their Amazon mm. cart, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's uh, actually right whenever um, I came on with you. like Actually, the first event that I came to, uh, I had a van that was supposed to be delivered to be wrapped, and I, was, I called the office and I said, nope, stop, cancel it. I said, if there's yeah. any chance that we're going to rebrand, we're going to change logos or anything, let's just keep the two vans that we have that are in white. Just keep them white. It's not hurting us right now. We're, the guys are staying busy. Um, and we're Customer gonna, doesn't know, man. Right. Customer doesn't. Right. Customer doesn't call and go, hang on. Um, before I say yes to you fixing my heating and cooling system, what color is your truck? Right. Nobody says that stuff. It's a del- And actually, I got to tell you something, Tersh. I think there's a plus. Mm to holding back some trucks white, then preparing strategically, wrapping them, and then launching it in a market. Because here's my theory. Yeah. you, Everybody listening can tell me if it's a crazy theory or a good theory. When you're driving through your neighborhood, 
and there's a tree knocked down. You notice the tree. You're like, oh crap, that guy's got a tree. Day two, you're like, I can't believe they didn't move the tree. Day three, when are they going to get it done? Day four, you don't give a shit about the tree no more. You don't care about the tree, which means I don't see you no more. So if I'm going to make people see me, do I want to put a drip or a storm? I want a storm. And then I'm going to park my truck strategically. So everybody sees that for about 30 days. And I'm going to impact the market where people start to panic. See, I'm a domination guy. Mm-hmm. I believe in, in, you know, I probably one of the most strategic books I read many, many years ago on um, being a martial artist for 34 years was Sun Tzu's Art of War. Yep. And if you really dig into that, you'll see that a lot of that applies strategically to business growing today on positioning. And, and the largest companies in the world have been doing this forever. Mm-hmm. Apple, Harley Davidson, all these guys, the greatest brand Procter and Gamble. These guys have been doing this stuff. We just didn't know it because, you know, most of us were, you know, we're from a blue collar uh, family, hardworking people. That's why I love, and I make it clear, I love this industry. I didn't leave because I didn't sell because I was burnt out. I love this industry because this is when I talk to these, these, especially if it's like one of our road warrior events where you're sending the men to me, like, this is my world, man. This is all I know is hardworking people. And I always say the same thing, Tersh, you heard it before. Like, I think um, the plumbers, HVAC, electricians, remodeling guys, doesn't matter what you do. I think we don't see ourselves as pros and experts in the world. Exactly. We don't see ourselves that way. And I always said, if you got rid of all the electricians, all the HVAC and all the plumbers, you would have a place that's either too hot, too cold. It would be dark and it would smell like crap. That's what you, that's what you would have. Yep. And I think people have to start owning what they do. I mean, one time, uh, and I'll share this real quick and I'll let you ask me some yeah, more yeah, things. Yeah. Uh, one time a guy looked at my bill. It was an electrical job. I gave it to him myself. And he says, are you kidding me? He says, I'm a brain surgeon and I don't make this much money. <laughs> And Tersh, real calmly, I looked at him and I said, rightfully so, and you shouldn't. Um, And he goes, I said, could I explain? And he goes, yeah. I said, look, I I respect what you do and I'm sure you help a lot of people, but you you only, see, you work on one brain at a time, which means if you make a mistake, you could only hurt one person. See, if I make a mistake in your home, I could hurt your whole family. And he said, okay, do the job, do the job. Because I knew early on, that I was a professional. I was a professional what I did. I was an electrical professional. Mm-hmm. I never looked at myself as an electrician. Mm-hmm. Most people are like, what do you do? Oh, I'm a plumber. No, you're not. You're not a plumber. You're a damn expert. You're a professional. And I realize some of the industry doesn't act that way, behave that way, or feel that way. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping this year, um, uh, I hope people start to think that way, the value that they bring to this world. And, and anybody that's ran jobs, and I'm sure a lot of you are hardworking, but you're probably listening to this while you're driving or something, um, be safe, by the way, is you know when you go to that house and you know that they had no electricity and they're scared or there's no heat and it's an old woman or a small child, right? Or you help them with their indoor air quality and you know that their children have asthma, mm-hmm. right? Or there's a backup and they're, and they're scared to death, like, oh my goodness, do I have to tear down my home because there's a foot of sewage? Yeah. And you go and you see how you save the day. The sooner everybody starts seeing themselves as this damn superhero of success and professionalism, then the whole industry will change. Because um, before I sold, Tersh, 
and again, everybody could challenge me on this. As we were growing, five years after growing, you know, I don't know, you know, 10 million, then 18 million, then 22 million, then 32 million, people in the industry, first they're shocked and they're like, I don't know if I like this. This doesn't feel good. They're big. Mm-hmm. Five years later, they're sending me messages. Thank you. Because one, if they fall, if they go behind me and I didn't sell the job, they're going to make a fortune. I used to tell everybody in the industry at the supply house, I said, listen, I said, man, you're growing so big. I said, yeah, if I don't sell the job, you come behind me, just raise your price by 500. You're still going to win. Okay. Is it clear? Because I always said, you know, a lot of people say, uh, I, I've been helping people a long time, but I, I helped people when I was already successful. I just told a warrior this last night in my world. I said, listen, the difference between me and the world is you guys see what I do and you want to do it. And I get it. But I started doing that when I was already ultra successful. Right. I already, I mean, I paid off my, my home when I was 28 years old. I had the other building when I was 30, a 15,000 square foot building. I got another 10, like I was already successful. And I, I tell people, I love people that care. You must care about yourself first. Yep. Number one, you must take care of yourself. Because if you hurt yourself, you can't help anybody. Number two, you must care about your immediate family. Number three, you go to your uh, other, your extended family. Mm-hmm. You know, your brothers, your sisters, that stuff. Then you go to your community and your employee family and you let that go out. But you must be successful first. Then you go out. That's why my pet peeve in the world is these people that these, these, these coaches, because they grew a company to $1 million. You got to be careful. What if it's the wrong information? Mm -hmm. You have to take it. And I hope some of the coaches in the world are listening to this. You must take it serious. It is not about a damn dollar from somebody. You can ruin somebody's life. Mm -hmm. They can end up getting divorced because you gave them bad information. Their kids may not talk to them. You might get sick. This is, this is not somebody you go out and you just throw up stuff out there. You got to understand the consequences of bad or wrong information. And I don't think people take it that way. uh, Tersh, I know it's a little bit of a rant, but I'm so, I know one thing. And if you ask me, Mike, what do you stand for in the planet today? If you had to give one thing, I would say one thing, remove suffering. Mm. That's it. That's what I stand for. Remove suffering. Um, It don't matter if I'm in a grocery store and I see somebody having a hard time or someone just told me the other day that came to, uh, actually I was at an onsite and uh, the owner told me about one of his employees found out that he's got a bad uh, illness that they're pretty sure he has. And I'm like, man, tell him, hook hook me up. We'll do a call. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I could change uh, everything, but I could change a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And I said like, because my job on this planet is to remove suffering. And when you remove suffering, everybody levels up. Yep. Everybody levels up. I agree hundred percent. Yeah. I have people that reach out to me constantly and they're like, I want you to mentor me. I was like, no, no, sir. No, ma'am. I, uh, I am a host of a podcast and I have lots of great guests on this podcast, but I am not the expert that's, a, that's coaching. Um, my goal is to ask yeah, and it's questions. Interesting because yeah, look, you have a ton of wisdom to give people, right? But just like I told somebody, a lot of people have this dreams of this finish line. Mm-hmm. And I dreamed of a finish line, but I didn't know when the finish line would come. Right. But I never dreamed of a finish line. I'll give you a different perspective. I just dreamed of a new starting line. Yeah. Very different perspective. And and I tell people, look, when when you think about this, if I think the biggest disease on the planet today is not cancer and all these things. They're terrible things. And I've lost people myself from it. It's focus. Mm -hmm. 
It's focus. And let me make my point. Let's use the cancer thing. Mm -hmm. If the world, if the world put all their focus on solving cancer, are you telling me we can't solve it? We send a, a, we send a spaceship Mm -hmm. and it takes 10 years to go to another planet and land 10 years. And you're telling me we can't solve cancer or anything. No, it's a focus problem. It's a focus problem. Same thing for people listening. If you're not growing, it is a focus problem. Now, I agree part two, you got to know what to focus on, (laughs) right? But if you know what to focus on and you laser on that thing, whatever you focus on expands and grows, Mm -hmm. good or bad, good or bad. Most people, I remember the day like this. I am like everybody else, Tersh. Not in a, you know, you go to supply house. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's happening, man? Well, you know, same old stuff. Hard to find good Good guys. Mm -hmm. Hard to find employees. And then I took on a mentor. I don't remember who it is because I've had mentors that I paid $3,500 an hour. Mm -hmm. I have mentors that I pay now over a quarter of a million a year. Mm -hmm. I've seven or I'd have to add eight, seven, at least seven coaches myself right now. And and somebody told me a long time ago, they said, would it like, how, what makes you think thinking that way that your brain one day is going to go, wow, there's people everywhere. He says, what about you think this? Just try it today. Why don't you, instead of saying there's a deficit, why don't you say there's an abundance? Mm-hmm. Why don't you just tell your brain, you know what? There's amazing people everywhere. I just haven't seen them yet. Yep. And Tersh, listen, lightning strike me. That day, I'm like, people are abundant. I just don't see them yet. They're abundant. They're everywhere. I find a guy that day. That day. Mm -hmm. And from that day forward, I never had a recruiting issue from two employees to 200 and a waiting list. A waiting list. for Because remember one thing. People don't want to work for companies, Terse. They want to work for leaders. And my competitive advantage and another superpower besides marketing, sales, operating, I'm a world-class leader. If this world falls apart, now I don't have military experience, but I have combat experience. I have thought thinking experience, strategy. They're going to want me on their team fast. I I bet your ass that Mm -hmm. because I'm a leader because I understand how to respect people, honor people, help people, push people, pull people. I understand how to do that. I'm not bragging about me. I'm making a point for you. If you're listening to this and you're not a world-class leader, and let me tell you something, John Maxwell's book reading it ain't going to get you there. (laughs) If that was the case, and it's funny because uh, this is the one people like, they look at me like, what? Uh, I always ask people when I'm like, hey, who, who read Think and Grow Rich, right? How many of it? And the hands go up. <laughs> oh, I listen to it. I go, okay. And, and how many of you are rich? Right. And there's only like a couple of hands go up. I said, well, maybe you're reading the damn wrong damn book, mm-hmm. right? Because if the whole world, it's one of the most read books in the world, Tersh. Yep. Red books in the world. And there's not an abundance of rich people, it's probably not a great book. There's probably something missing in the book. It's like that movie, The Secret. I love that movie when I watched it until I figured out that the whole thing was, if I just think it, cash will fall in from it. If you sit there and think it long enough, you'll rot into the dirt. Yeah. You'll rot. You won't get what you want. And so, yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping some of that leadership rubs off on me next week. Uh, well, if it don't rub off, I'll be shoving it deep inside your soul. So you have no, no doubt about that. I mean, that's one thing we're known for. And look, we're not, I love in the one, uh, the road warrior training. And for those of you listening, you're like, what is this? Well, road warrior training is a training we built 
Um, it's only for our clients that can attend. And we teach guys how to run the whole, or women, how to run the whole service call. Like how do you serve a customer the highest level? And we solve all these problems about, you know, option sheets and tablets and, and all that stuff. And the one guy said, uh, I've been to a ton of trainings for 19 years um, and they're soft. And I agree. Mm-hmm. Men have been waiting and women to be treated like men and women and to be challenged because a lot of people have become complacent in the world today, especially some of these people that think they're successful. Yeah. Um, you want to see an industry that gets an ego real fast, have a company grow to five or 8 million and you'll watch people get the biggest ego attitudes in the world. And you look at them and I always tell them in private message, I said, you think people are looking at you. They're laughing and talking about you. Right. Now they might talk about me because I'm intense. I'm a lion. Yeah. You go to the zoo to see powerful animals because you can't unleash them on the world because they're too powerful, right? right. And I, I get that. But um, leadership, again, too, for those of you out there, we call it warrior leadership. You can't attend most of you unless you're in, in my world. You know, it's about not only evaluating the leader, but how do you improve a leader unless you watch the leader lead? Mm-hmm. You must watch the leader lead. You must watch their language, their patterns, their their habits, um, their what do they say? What is their normal thing that they do? Then you can evaluate and say, okay, let's do this, 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 and let's shock the system, which we will do. Let's shock the system and and reprogram. Because look, if you just, and I'll give everybody one tip and then we'll finish this up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it may be terse if you get a lot of people uh, you'll invite me back on someday and Absolutely. we can do more if you want. Um, if all of you just picked one person, and this is a strategy, it's actually a psychology strategy. Um, you picked one person in time that you respected, that you appreciated, that you looked up to. It could be Abraham Lincoln. It could be Bruce Lee. It could be your dad. And you just started to say to yourself, I'm going to carry myself the way that leader carries themselves. And you can just do it right now. Just take a piece of paper or type it in your phone. Make a quick list of it. Just get it ready. Get it in your mind right now. What's a leader that you can think of? And start writing down real quick, real quick. Don't really, I'm telling you, pull over and do this if you're, if you're driving. If you were to write down some of those things, I bet things like communication, how they carried themselves, how they smiled, uh, um, how they led or how they stood and, and their shoulders. You know, if you identified that and you did nothing else from this whole, which thank you, Terrence, for having me on. It's a complete yeah. honor um, yeah. that you're serving the industry with this. If you just took those things you wrote down and just said, I'm going to pay attention to that every day for the next two, three weeks, your leadership would start to improve instantly. Boom. And if you want a little enhancement of that, Put on your iPhone or Samsung, whatever, put a picture of that leader on your wall, get a nice picture with their pose so you're surrounded by it. Once you feel you've embodied that person's skill sets, the quality and nature of them, then you make a decision. Well, who's the next leader I respect? Switch out the picture, do that. And that one little tip alone will change your life more than uh, five dysfunctions of a leader and all this. (laughs) And I love books because I I wrote (laughs) now, but I write books. So they're workable action guides. Mm. If you've ever been through my books and I'm not here to sell you books, but workable, like you got to write shit in my books, Mm -hmm. because if you don't write and read, you might as well go back to childhood and read Tom Sawyer. Good story does nothing for you. Yep.
Make sense? So if anybody's listening or, or watching this, it, it, whenever I post this, uh, it, if, if you cannot tell uh, CEO Warrior, uh, Mike Aguilera, Mike Disney, uh, Denise Swaffer, Larry Swaffer, the whole team, I mean, they're just an amazing group. They hold you accountable. There, yeah. If there's one thing that happens at CEO Warrior that I cannot uh, express, that is probably um, you probably don't understand it until you've experienced it is the amount of accountability that, that they hold. And it's it's one of those things where like uh, if you if you come and you sign up for CEO Warrior, but you don't want to be held accountable, then, you know, obviously they're not going to break your arms to, to do something. But if you want to be held accountable, there's accountability. Like I, tomorrow morning, I'll be out on an AIM call. And then you get, you know, you have calls after here that you go review your numbers. Uh, I mean, it's just the accountability is just unbelievable. Um, and it's something that I, I honestly can't express because I have friends who, um, some of you may know some, uh, anybody that's listening locally knows, uh, Scott Thompson. I grew up with Scott Thompson, um, and he was in Mike's uh, group and I was just, um, like I, I was watching Scott and I was watching how he interacted and I was curious, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure. And then I had a couple other friends that just listened to the podcast. They're part of the group also. And I was like, I'm kind of curious, kind of curious. And then Mike McCallowitz was like, look, you got to go to this event. And I, cause I asked him, I was like, I'm on up in the air. I don't know if I should invest the money. It's in New Jersey. I don't, I've never been in New Jersey. I'm probably going to get robbed if I go there. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I, I was just concerned. And also I'm an extreme introvert. I've seen the videos. I've seen, you know, Stephen Christopher is a friend of mine. He, and he's been on the podcast. Uh, I was concerned about like what, I'm going to have to do because I like sitting in the corner and just jotting down notes and then go back to the hotel and just consume it. Um, and you get there and it's like, all right, instantly we're brothers, we're sisters. Like this is, this is a clan of like-minded people who hold each other accountable and, uh, hold you to the fire literally. <laughs> and, yeah. And church, uh, you know, uh, we do that for a reason. And like you said, I'm an ultra introvert too, but the fact is, um, and I love this quote, I don't know who it's from, um, what got you to where you're at will not get you to where you want to go. Yep. And, um, and that's so important uh, to know because you have to take a chance. And for those of you that see our videos and you're like, oh my goodness, it's scary. Here's what I would tell you, <laughs> take a chance. I don't know anybody else, Tersh, we literally, and I'm not here to sell anybody. If yeah. we're a fit, fine. And I always tell people, Tersh, and you've heard it too, coming to one of my events is more like we interview you. Everybody with a credit card can attend. Yep. If we see and you're a guy of ego or uh, we won't invite you, mm -hmm. um, there's probably only been two or three people in my five years of doing this that slipped through that I said, you know what? I would never let them in my world um, because Rob and I, we're not in this for people's money. Mm -hmm. But I also believe if you don't pay, you don't pay attention. Yep. I would say just take a chance. We give a million dollar guarantee at the end of day one. Yep. If at the end of day one at 10 or 11 o'clock at night, you didn't get a million dollars worth of value or see how we could save you or change your life. Unlike anything you ever experienced, we'll pay for your flight. We'll pay for everything. We'll send you home. I never gave back $1 in five years. And, and I never will because our goal is to way exceed your expectations. Yep. But even more than that, as Tersh knows, um, going to an event, I see people all over the world on uh, Facebook. Now they're all at these events. 
but there's an event that's a concert and information. And then there's a blueprint. Mm -hmm. And our main focus is not giving you information and hope you got to figure it out. Our main, our main focus is to give you world-class information that you can apply. We tell you how to do it, when to do it, why to do it, where to do it, how to get it done. And you leave with your 90 day yep. individualized. Cause there's no two humans alike. No two mm-hmm. people have the same children, same kids, same. No, no, nobody has that. Even if you have two people that come from the same company, you're both going to have your own plans. Boom. Separate blueprints. Yep. Now, if you go to an event, you all of you just shake your head now. Mm-hmm. You go to an event and you get a blueprint and leave. What to do, how to do. Not generalized, Mm-mm. specific to you. Your success rate, it, 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 it compounds your success right. rate. That's why we've been able to now, which I'm trying to edit up, Tersh, now in five years, we've helped produce. And I was just talking to OP, who's a badass mm-hmm. warrior, does mm-hmm. restoration. He's pushing 10 million this year. Um, started way below half that with us. And we've done, I think now over $250 million we have added into our clients. And I take that, we call them the champions belt. I am so thankful, proud of that, honored to serve this industry because I'm changing their families. I'm changing Mm -hmm. their lives. I'm changing their beliefs, which changed the world. So yeah, totally. Boom. Yeah. I I personally have put on six figures since, um, I mean, well over six figures, uh, from just from one event. <clears throat> and so and I'm super proud of you. Yeah, I'm super proud of your hard work. I appreciate it. I mean, it's, it's a definite hustle. I mean, and, and the thing about it is, is I, I love the accountability. I didn't know that I would like it as much as I do, but, um, if somebody wants to get into your world, how did they do that? Yeah, I would go to uh, ceowarrior.com. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the first place I would go. Uh, you'll see an events tab if you want to attend one of our events. I got tons of free video and resources. And you go in there. You don't need to go anywhere else. You'll be served just by going to the website. There's a ton of information. Yep. Of course, find me on uh, Facebook. We have a Facebook group called uh, Service Business Growth. Um, also, you can find me on Mike Agliero page or Michael Agliero page. But no matter what, um, Tersh, I am ex- extremely honored for you to invite me and I am honored for this whole industry. If there is anybody suffering or you're listening to this, you're having a hard time, just hit me up privately. I will send you a free copy of my book as a gift. I'll give you a book to solve a problem. I am in this to remove suffering and change the world. So thank you for having me. Cool, man. Thank you again for coming on the show. Boom. See you, bud. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Service Business Mastery Podcast, the podcast focused on service business owners, managers, and technicians who are considering becoming business owners themselves. When Mike says, if you have a question, reach out to him, that he is the type of person that just wants to give back, uh, that's 100% the truth. Reach out to him. Somebody in the community will definitely reach out and, uh, and help you in any way they can. If you have any questions for me or you just want to reach out to me and ask me and have me ask Mike, I don't have a problem doing that. <laughs> no problem at all. Feel free to reach out to me. Tersh at icebound.us. That's my personal email address. Some people have been reaching out to me just to test out my autoresponder. I do an autoresponder and it's because I typically check my email only twice a day. What I want to do is I want to limit the expectation of anybody that's sending me an email so that they don't expect a response immediately. This is actually something that I learned from Ari Mizell. And funny thing is, is I, uh, I met him in person at an event 
at Mike's place up in New Jersey. So we had a, a meet and greet dinner there at his place in New Jersey. And uh, we were able to meet Ari Mazel, which is, if you, if you don't know who he is, he's the guy who automates everything in life. So his, he has a book out called The Replaceable Founder, which is an amazing book. You should pick it up if you don't have it. And if you do read books, check out any of Mike Agliero's books. They really are good. He, he mentioned he's not on here to sell books, and he's not, but they're worth the investment. Trust me. They have maps. They have guides. It's not just you're reading a book. You're, you're actually working through a process when you're reading his books. With that being said, thank you for listening to this episode of the Service Business Mastery Podcast. If you found value in this episode, please share it. Take a screenshot, put it in your Instagram story, Facebook story, tag me, reviews, leave a review. This episode is free. Your payment to me, to the podcast, leave a review, five stars, preferably. (laughs) Anyways, thank you again for listening to this episode. Have a wonderful week and we'll talk again soon.